0: Our family's been in music for a really long time. Uh, my parents actually met in a band together. Uh, my grandfather is a pretty prolific, was a pretty prolific uh, trumpet player uh, around the Twin Cities metro area who, you know, played with, you know, some, you know, uh, different musicians by the name of, you know, Dizzy and Miles and those types of guys, uh, Sierra Vaughan among others, among many others. Uh, and actually, even my great grandfather, uh, was a musician who could play. They say every instrument, and taught mm-hmm. you know k- kids in the Rondo neighborhood. Uh, led the, led the band, and you know taught kids in the Rondo neighborhood how to play instruments and things like that. So you know, m- music's been a part of our family tradition for a really long time, uh, and you know, in in a lot of ways, really centers around my grandfather, who we lost last summer. But mm-hmm. you know, it's just you know, been an incredible uh, mu- musical force. My grandmother would always say trumpet was his first love.
1: So tell us a little bit about how that affected you then growing up. Was there any draw for you to be? Are you? Do you have a musical bone in your body? How did that work for you?
0: Yeah, it was kind of a non. Uh, it was uh, not, uh, not optional for us as kids. You know, we'd, we'd uh, my, we my anytime we had company over, my grandmother would come, or you know, our you know, aunts and uncles would be over for you know family time or a holiday or something. And my dad would always say, "Sing your grandmother a song. Your grandmother wants to hear you guys sing," and he'd guilt us into singing. And so um, I didn't want to sing, and so I ended up. Uh, learning how to play the piano uh, so that I could play while my sister sang Uh, and then I ended up having to sing and play the piano at the same time (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: but my first instrument was actually saxophone I I still pull it out on occasion just because it's a you know it's cathartic to blow to blow wind through an instrument (laughs) Uh, but uh, it's a pretty uh, tragic sound.
1: Now one of the wonderful things about St. Paul, so many wonderful things, of course, um, uh, is the jazz festival, which happens every summer and has, I would imagine, really kind of been a driving force for St. Paul each summer. And they're celebrating their 20th anniversary yeah. this year, yeah. which is pretty exciting. So. Yeah. Uh, have you had a chance to attend in the past? Uh, what, what oh, I've
0: made it by there once or twice <laughs> or every year. Kind of hard to miss, <laughs> yeah, <isn't it? laughs> absolutely. Oh, we love the Jazz Festival. I mean, it's so incredible to just turn all of downtown uh, into a stage, into multiple stages. And, I mean, it's just fun to watch people come out and have a great time and kind of be out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have – and and actually we have not just one. We have two Jazz Festivals. We have the Selby Jazz Fest as well mm-hmm. uh, in the fall that we love. I mean, it's just it's just a great space. You know, we have – uh, a lot of you know just musical kind of institutions uh, mm-hmm. from you know Walker West Music Academy to you know just just so many great spaces and that's actually one of the things that I look forward to kind of really leaning into uh, is our music traditions I think a lot of people don't really understand uh, the extent to which you know the, the the Twin Cities has a really strong music tradition we understate that in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, but I think we we shouldn't do that anymore
1: I know I mean we've got world-class orchestras and world-class jazz musicians here. it's it's such a unique place. and uh, just uh, being a musical kid and and knowing that about here, it always made me want to live here. Did it. in in Minneapolis, St. Paul because the the focus on the arts, not just right. classical not just jazz that's right and and other arts as well theater and it's just such a important part of the communities here
0: you know my grandfather uh, would tell me that you know back before way before iTunes you know when musicians actually had to hit the road to get their music heard uh, that you know as as musicians would be kind of road tripping from the east Coast uh, over to the west coast uh, and back that st Paul was kind of the last place to get a gig before you kind of you know started heading west and so that's why musicians would kind of come through the Twin Cities uh, and, you know, come and, you know, gig here and make a couple bucks and, you know, then, then you know, hit the road to, to, to head west. And so uh, that's, uh, it, it, you're, you're right, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a almost surprising, you know, kind of part of our uh, local culture here.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and your family was a big part of that through the last century, apparently, too, just teaching kids in the Rondo neighborhood with your grandfather and, right. and
0: all of that. So That's right. It's you... funny missing him. Like, you know, I, I was uh, just telling one of our coworkers that, you know, I'll, I'll be in a coffee shop or in a restaurant or something having a meeting. And, you know, there, there's certain songs that he would play in a certain sort of way. Mm-hmm. You know, Misty is one of them, or Tenderly by Clifford Brown, and I'll be someplace and it'll come on just in the background and I'll just completely... Miss the next five minutes or whatever, uh, whatever the conversation <laughs> is, because I'm zoning out. You know, just thinking about Grandpa.
1: Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorites? Who are some of your favorite artists uh, from growing up, or anybody that, that you can stick out sticks out in your mind, either from your grandfather or just that you found on your own?
0: Well, a lot of them really are from my grandfather. You know, some of the older, you know, the the, the kind of older jazz kind of classics. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly listening. You know, you can listen to Miles Davis all day long. Uh, you can listen to Clifford Brown all day long. And you know, I don't know. You know, some of those some of those guys make you want to just go just throw away all your musical instruments. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I think uh, my, my as far as contemporary kind of jazz is concerned, you know, anytime Esperanza Spalding is anywhere in a, you know, five-state radius, I'll be there.
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about some of the things that you plan for St. Paul. I mean, just congratulations to you for, for becoming mayor there. I think, you know, mayors have opportunities to fix things yes. that other politicians don't because yeah. they're too high up on the chain not that you're low on the chain don't misunderstand but I think I think you know what I'm saying
0: so Oh I definitely know what you're saying and that's actually one of the things that excites me about municipal governance is you know that you know it, it, sometimes Washington DC seems so far removed from everyday community life mm-hmm. uh, and that through cities you know I, I, I share with folks a lot of times that you know Washington DC and even at the state capitol they manage the complex cerebral issues of our day uh, that, uh, you, know, imp- you know, stimulate your cerebral core. Uh, and, you know, at City Hall, we, we, we manage the stuff that just makes people mad, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and really touches people on an intimate you know, kind of everyday level. And that, that creates an enormous opportunity.